0: Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Y Football podcast with me, Michael Dryden, and Etches Adokwu. Today, I am very pleased to say we are joined by John Radcliffe. John is a co founder of Bundesliga Diaries, a weekly podcast and blog on all things German fo- football. So, John, welcome to the show. Firstly, how are you? And secondly, I read on your Twitter, you're a Chelsea fan. So, are you very sad about Jamal Musiala or just very happy? He's playing in the Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, first and foremost, change for me on the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, but it's looking like a blunder now, isn't it? Um, allowing Mossiana to leave. Um the impression that I got though is that you know he was uh, really eager to to go back to Bayern anyway. Um I don't think that it was so much about um Chelsea like I kind of let him go, it was more that he kinda of wanted to go back so Fair enough, it's been a great decision, clearly. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah more, I'm probably more disappointed about the fact that he's chosen to play for Germany than England, really.
0: <laughs> well, I see just a few people yeah, say the same thing, and but a lot of people comment on oh, yeah, why did Chelsea let him go, which is quite obviously an easy commentary to make without knowing the actual facts behind, uh, behind the story. And they actually also have, you know, Chelsea have such a, a large number of players in their roster, usually in the academy, and have done over the years. So, I mean, it's always going to happen, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's some sort of players who kind of left and gone on to do other things. Um, Panzo, um, I remember he went to went to Monaco. I've forgotten where he is now, but he was another one that kind of did well initially, um, leaving Chelsea as, as a young lad. So yeah, you know, it's kind of things that that happen, and some will make it, some won't. Um, mm. It's not always just down to... I mean, I know it's kind of a good narrative that Chelsea don't um, really like look after the young lads, um, at least at <laughs> a senior level. But um, at least now we are seeing some of them in, in the Chelsea team, you know, with Mounds, Abraham, Richard James, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, like players are going to go and, and succeed elsewhere. Um, that, because yeah. of the territory, i having a really good youth system as well, I think. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty good point there. It's so kind of to move things on to Bayern Munich. So I watched them bulldozer uh, Lazio. Even though Lazio were unfortunate, they had a, I don't know, it should really have been a penalty, but it didn't go for them. And then obviously Bayern turned the screw. Uh, Leroy Sane sent someone to the chip shop midway <laughs> three for their goal. Um, and Musial, as you mentioned before, had a well-taken finish as well. And the question I kind of had to you is, you know, they're leading the Bundesliga by two points as well. But have Bayern been even better this season in your opinion than last year or have they fallen a bit below that?
1: To be honest, I would say they're definitely worse than they were last year. Um, you know, At the end of the day, the table doesn't lie. They are top of the league. They have been the best team in the league. Um, a lot of that is down to a great mentality that Bayern have, you know, the, it's the thing that differentiates themselves or distinguishes them from the other teams that, you know, have the quality to um to perhaps win the Bundesliga, but the mentality just isn't there. And Bayern, when they find themselves in difficult positions, generally still come through at the end. Um no. and that's what they've done for years. In terms of, you know, how they've played though, I mean they haven't battered many teams in the Bundesliga at all, really. Um, they lost at the weekend against Frankfurt, they lost to uh, Mönchengladbach gladbach when they were 2 0 up yeah. um, as well at the start of the year. They drew one one with Al I'm sorry, they they beat Augsburg one-nil. Um, Augsburg missed a penalty in that game. Um, you know, they've drawn against Bremen, who were at the wrong end of the table. They drew against Bielefeld, who were in sixteenth place. Um, you know, so they haven't really Um, hammers anyone and there was a run of games where they went behind in like nine in a row they conceded the first goal Um, but over and over again they have the mentality and they do have the quality of course when you've got players like Lewandowski, Muller, Sané at the end of the day you will create chances and score goals because of the players that you have Um, but yeah this is this team is not as good as as it was last year that doesn't mean it's a poor team. It just means that it's hard to match the standards of um, winning the treble. You know.
0: Yeah, I saw the highlights of the uh, Frankfurt game. How is Super Moting still playing at this level? I just don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand how he's come from Stoke to play for PSG and then then buy him. But I, yeah, I saw the highlights of that game. Sonny was was excellent in the end. Came through with the assist. But the the Unis goal was an absolute rocket as well. Mm. Uh, and Frank Bird seemed to be doing so well as well. I mean, there's five wins in the strip, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point you made there, Brian. I just don't get how she pushed him get in a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, decent. I think he's just one of those players who, like, his ambitions aren't, like, over the top. He's a decent player, he is decent, and he's happy to play, like, five ten games a season he isn't gonna like demand (laughs) more he won't demand more money he's not gonna cause unrest he's happy to be there i think sometimes having one or two of those players who are never gonna look for more it can be all right you know (laughs)
0: like martin (laughs) Brithwit of uh
1: yeah exactly he's he's another one in the same situation yeah
0: yeah two players
2: not offering too much on the pitch but yeah i'm pretty sure (laughs) they wouldn't mind just being in that type of company, I think, would be pretty chilled for them. Um, so, so, obviously, Bayern recently signed Umpa Meccano for 38 minutes from Leipzig. And uh, the perception that's from that we get, uh, generally watching football, in particular me, because I'm an Arsenal fan, and we spend ridiculous fees on rubbish players, uh, <laughs> Bayern seem to collectively pick up Uh, players from rivals for relatively cheap. So on this list, I've got Leon Dowski, who is for free. We've got Goethe from Dortmund for 33 million. Hummels, the same club, for 31 million. Leon Goretzka, free. Kimmich from 7 million from Stuttgart. Schuller from Hoffenheim, 18 million. Pavard, 31 million. (laughs) Serge Nabry, 7 million. You know, even Neuer back in 2011, 27 million. If you throw in the likes of people like uh, Sebastian Rudy and Cuisance as well, is that, you know, The question I kind of have is, how is Bayern's power pulling power so strong for these German talents? Because it's not really that seen elsewhere in other leagues, or it is, but there's multiple players where Germany, it just seems like they all were just hoovered up by this one big club.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think probably the main thing is that, Bayern are in a, yeah, unusual position. Is that they do play in a good league, and the Bundesliga is a good quality league um, across the board. And that the German talent system, um, and the academy system, is one of the best in in Europe. You know, they've kind of revamped it, you know, state um, and and the DFB centres um, structure since Euro like two thousand really. After that, there was kind of a whole, um, whole change in structure. So. Yeah. The level of like the academies um, and the education that they get is yeah probably one of the best in Europe. Um, but Bayern are financially so much bigger and so much better than all of the other teams. That thirty million for the players that we're talking about. They if it was in England, yeah maybe they would be sixty million players. But it's Germany, so so they're half the money. And Bayern can easily pay that, and and, and they just hoover up all of the best talent. Um, you don't see Bayern generally going out to um, other countries and spending a lot of money on star players from there. They will do it every now and again, you know. Um, if you look at, you know, probably not now, but Frank Ribbery and Ian Robin, for example, were players they picked up and, and were great for them for years. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even include Leroy Sané because... He had a really long injury um didn't have a, a, a too long left on his contract either um and he's german as well so probably pushing for a move to buy him. yeah so yeah they're in the unusual position of playing in a good league and being able to just pick up all of the best talent really um over and over again which is, is a shame for the Bundesliga because it is a great league um if you mm. turn out of the equation it would be yeah one of the most competitive um in europe it is but they are just, but well, they won the Champions League last year. You know what I mean. So it's not not the only dominant, just in, in in Germany.
0: Yeah, I saw a stat. Uh, I think I read the stat quite a while ago, actually. But it was that uh, Bayern have never haven't fallen out of the top four in the 21st century, which is a bit of a mad stat. And I mean, there's was big teams in England that have. You know, we've had the odd. Well, obviously, we've had a few teams flop. Arsenal being one of them. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, as you say, I mean. It's become, and my point is, is that because they've been at the top for so long, and then even obviously before that, well before, um, the turn of the millennium, it's a lot of players. It becomes they've also become like an institution in Germany. It's become like mm-hmm. a center of excellence to go to at that stage in your career if you're a German player. I mean, one, one start, that as you always love talking about it, is the Serge Nabry deal, where which club did he go to prior? Was it Stuttgart or Schalke? And then after a season, they went straight to Bayern.
1: Yeah, he was at um, Bremen. Yeah. He was at Bremen, and then he went to Bayern. I think they loaned him out to Hoffenheim, and then he went back and ended up being, um yeah, what he is now.
0: Yeah, it almost seems inevitable that he was then going to go on, if he reached a certain caliber. Was then going to go on to Bayern. I think that, yeah. that almost probably speaks true for all these players that eventually get hoovered up by by Bayern. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. A follow-up question on that as well is: Do you think he mentioned before about if it's an English club, it's sixty million? And I do think there are some clubs in England. United being one of them that tend to, when they go in for a player, you look at Amadiallo, you know, played two senior games and it's cost 38 million pounds. Do you think that when Bayern knock on the door, there's this pull for German clubs that they can't really demand the 60 million or 70 million fees that English clubs could afford? Because Bayern can definitely afford them. I mean, we've got Hernandez here who was about 70 Mm. million, but it specifically seems when it's within the Bundesliga, uh, Bayern just have this power, which is just like you know, you'll sell them to us for free, and they're like, okay, we'll do it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it, definitely. You know, thirty million to a Bundesliga club is a lot of money, um, and they can do a lot with that. Whereas in in, in England, it's not an insignificant amount of money, but um, it doesn't get you anywhere near as far as it would in Germany. There's that. I think. I don't, I don't want to start going around and saying that by tapping up players all over the place, but um, <laughs> if you look at the players who leave for free and end up going to buy in um, and it, you know, it happens more on enough occasions that um, it's suspect. I mean, not suspect, but you know, it's, um, there's clearly some kind of plan or working behind the scenes here a little bit that um, they're able to kind of get these deals sorted quite early on. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think certainly the money, as you say, is correct. I also think that Bayern, uh, Bayern's web is um, is large, let's say.
2: Yeah, no, that was kind of my follow-up question, which we kind of touched on earlier is, yeah, you know, you're looking at Serge Nabry, which, you know, he had a four-year deal wherever he moved to originally at Bremen, as you mentioned earlier, and then was sold to Bayern for £7 million, which doesn't actually make that much sense. I think he scored nine or ten goals in his first season and with a four-year deal yet costs so little. Obviously, you've got the likes of Goretzka, who went for free, uh, Lewandowski, who went for free, um, even something like Nicholas Schuler, 18 million from Hoffenheim. Kimmich, not so much because he was quite young at the time, but it is is quite crazy some of the fees that these players are moving for. Just not even for the fees themselves, but compared to the market, right? I mean, you're looking at someone of Goretzka's calibre at the club, he's out and that's the equivalent of, I don't know, I can't think of an example now, but uh, let's say Madison opting to, or maybe not Madison, but let's say a midfielder like Madison saying, you know, I'm going to pack my bags up now and go to City for free, which is which is Whoa. crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the question I have for you is, do you think it makes the Bundesliga
1: anti-competitive? Um, certainly, yeah. I mean, certainly at the top it does. You know, Bayern have won eight league titles in a row. So, it doesn't help in terms of the title race. Certainly, um, I think be below that, probably not, because all of the teams are in the same situation as they can't compete with Bayern, um, so they're all losing players to Bayern. Yeah. So they're almost kind of all in in, in, the, in the on the same playing field. I mean, um, I mean, Bayern do it to dortmunds um, and Leipzig. end of the day Dortmund do it to Leverkusen and Gladbach and Mm. it's not not just Bayern who are taking players from from other teams you know Dortmund do do it as well um you know just obviously kind of the thing is whereas Dortmund are picking players who have potential or very very good potential but not quite a finished product Bayern are generally picking up finished products and able to put them straight into the team and, and they're impressed straight away, right? So that, that is an issue. But I, I, honestly, I don't think in terms of the overall team and, and, Biden, and, and, and the Bundesliga across the board, sorry, that it makes the whole league competitive. But, yeah, Bayern have won eight league titles in a row. So there's there's almost, it's very hard for teams to compete in a title race when you are persistently losing mm. your best players to one team in the league. Um, and... I mean, one of the things that you mentioned the Pamircano deal as well. It's a thing in Germany that is frustrating, I think, for for, for a lot, of, certainly for a lot of fans, is like the release clause. You know, Pamircano has got forty-two million euro release clause in his contract. I mean, that's for a twenty-one-year-old centre-half who's probably one of the up, up-and-coming centre-backs in world football right now. That's that's a snip, really, and way Pick up these players quite cheaply because of you know seemingly low release clauses in the contract. Um, I don't know specifically about the Gnabry deal, but if that was another situation where it's a low release clause, they picked him up for that wouldn't surprise me either. You know.
0: Mm. Well, actually, the bad guys in the Bundesliga are not buying, really, are they? It's Leipzig mm-hmm. <laughs> amongst the amongst the German fearful. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's an interesting point that we we mention uh, Leipzig and here kind of the web that's going across the world and the players that they've brought in of players have came across from New York and from, from everywhere. And so perhaps it's not buying that are the uh, the bad guys. It's interesting your point on the release clause as well. Um, Cause I almost feel that, that is, is that perhaps because the Bundesliga is not just competing, you know, there isn't just an internal competition. They're competing with like the likes of La Liga, with the Premier League, and then arguably to an extent buying anywhere with Liga Un, with PSG. So I wonder if to get these players into the Bundesliga as opposed to someone at like La Liga or, or at PSG or in the Premier League where the money might be higher from a salary point of view, they've got to, you know, the, the bargaining chip is, no, you've got to put, from the players' perspective, is you've got to put this release clause in, otherwise I'm not going to come because I, what I see you as more of a stepping stone.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that's that's certainly a fair point. Um, and yeah, it, it puts clubs in difficult positions, it does, because you, you want to pick up the talent and, um, you know, have them play for you and you eventually will sell them for a profit, right? You know, a Pomecano, it represents a massive profit for Leipzig at the end of the day. But yeah, in terms of trying to be competitive with with buying, it's not the best business, um, mm-hmm. business model at all. And I mean, Leipzig don't have a business model that will ever allow them to to compete really with buying um, on a, on a regular basis they might nick it one year unfortunately um mm. but you know they buy players young and they sell them they sell them on generally 25 26 regularly you know so they they aren't going to compete with a team who are keeping players finished products at 26 27 28 29 through their best yeah. years they just can't do that. Um, and the release clause contributes to, to to
2: that kind of thing, certainly. Yeah, it's interesting you say that with Leipzig because a similar story of Dortmund, you know, we're hearing the likes of Haaland who has a release clause and uh, also, uh, you know, the other young talents they have, Gio Reyna, Jaden Sancho. And they're seeing, seeing as those two are Bayern's biggest rivals and their business model is built around buying young and selling high. Is that not a problem for Bundesliga going forwards? Do you not think? Because obviously you're saying how these little clubs are buying from other little clubs and it all feeds up, but surely the gap's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, be, it, it probably will, unfortunately. And that is, I think, the Bundesliga's main weakness um, is that, yeah, Bayern are just Bayern are too big for the league at times, unfortunately. Um, and... Part of, you know part of my thinking is that there's a, a small chance that well, I wouldn't say a chance that it's going to end up like the Scottish league, but there, there are similarities that you that I feel like you could at some point draw on between what's happened in Scotland and what what happened in the Bundesliga. Right, there was a time where Celtic and Rangers were able to pick up like big players, big talented players. Um, to go and play for it when it was like of you know Paul Gascoigne or or Laudrup, um, yeah. example at Rangers and and they went there because you know I, I guess the, the the money was still decent on offer, um, the money was still good. Sorry, um, and they were in Europe on a on a general basis. I mean Bayern are never not going to be in Europe, but um, yeah, you know, the, the the difficulty is is that people pay in terms of the TV rights to to um, watch the Bundesliga, right? So, or to pay and, and broadcast the Bundesliga. If there's no competitive title race every season, that money will dry up a little bit. It's not, it's not great for the league. It's also not great for Bayern. Bayern are their own worst enemies in in the fact that they are always so much better than everybody else. They, they can't earn as much money as other teams. Um, some of the... Yeah. In Europe, because of that reason, you know. Um, so they I guess, they're working it to their advantage. They're just picking up all the talent in their own country where there is plenty of talent. Um,
2: yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I think. Do you think anyone can actually? stop by and you know the 50 plus one rule exists to kind of stop foreign investors funneling money in uh, you know you mentioned Dortmund with their two title wins under Klopp but that was a long time ago we mentioned Leipzig with their best talents but you know with Werner leaving Umba now leaving you know Dortmund similar situation can they ever be stopped do you think or is it just that is it unstoppable now
1: I think yeah I think they can be stopped Dortmund are the best. Dortmund are the best chance of stopping Bayern, um, whether it's next year or the year after. They are the best because they're they are the only team that can attract top quality talent, other than Bayern, really, um, in the Bundesliga. That are a little bit more established. Leipzig do attract good players, but they're nowhere near as established as what um, what Dortmund can attract. For example, yeah, everybody wanted Erling Haaland. Everybody wanted to sign Erling Haaland. and even though he's only twenty, everybody wanted him, but he went to Dortmund. Yeah. In the end right so they can attract good top quality players Um they haven't been that far off in the last couple of seasons really you know it's been down to mentality really it's been a mentality issue and I think that's a lot of that is down to, to Lucian Favre as the manager he um, didn't exactly exude winning and, and, and confidence and um, and that real ch- strength in, in mentality Um, Marco Rose is going to go there now we'll see what, um, what he can do with, with Dortmund but I think Dortmund are the best chance. I really do. Um, yeah, Leipzig are always there and thereabouts. Um, they have the funds to get in a lot of top, top quality young talent, but they sell it off whenever a decent offer comes in from, from elsewhere. That's kind of their business model. So to use that model to to win titles, I think it's difficult. They might win a title, like I said, but not on a regular basis. And then you're, you're looking at other teams like... By Leverkusen and Wolfsburg, maybe um, Gladbach, who are all decent sides, who perhaps for one season, you know, could put in a real, real title challenge. But again, they've got the same problem as teams going to pick off their talent over and over again. So, I think there is there is a chance, and I want there to be a chance. Maybe that's why I'm saying it as well. Um, But Bayern are always going to be the team to beat, and you feel that it could be until they slip up, you know, they've got to slip up a little bit for um, anybody to be able to take advantage of that. There's only two points in it at the moment though. So, so who knows, maybe um, Leipzig can, uh, can can cause a shock. Um, I really wouldn't, I'd rather buy them in the league, if I'm honest, than Leipzig though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting um, what you mentioned around um, the fact that, the, the lack of investment, say, away from buying in the in the league, say, compared to the Premier League, is what makes it less competitive. Um, but I've been, I mean, yeah, I believe you, you live in Germany, don't you? I mean, I've been to Germany, I've been to a, f- a football game there. It is a different experience and it is a, a lot more of a pure experience. I and mean, we all watched it when it came back on our screens. I think a lot of Germany fans, I think a lot of the reason German fans don't like Leipzig is just kind of instill that kind of mentality of bringing in this big, like, Kind of money to the game and like corporate corporations to the game almost because the corporations yeah. do own football clubs in the Premier League, Um and you know there's there's a lot of things we love about the Premier League, but there also there's a lot of things that are quite sad about it at times and a bit cutthroat. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's just a point I want to make. I went to I actually went to FC Köln, that was brilliant. Absolutely, loved oh,
1: yeah,
0: it. yeah, yeah. I can, I can imagine that um, i not been, but much. That's a great place to go. But yeah, no, that
1: that's the thing. That's a great thing about German football. You know, is that even though there's not a title race, it's... German German football is so much about the fans and like the, the fan the fan scene and, and what it means to the fans. Um, yeah. You know, they have such a massive voice in the Bundesliga compared to the Premier League. You know, for example, there'll be no Monday games um, from next season onwards because the fans protested and protested and protested up until the point where, you know, the the authorities were kind of left to no choice to go, OK, we're, we're going to have to stop this because... It, it's, it's getting too loud now. Um, yeah. and the 50 plus 1 rule is is massive in Germany, it's really important, it's um, part of the football constitution um, here really and there are some exceptions, you know Leipzig are the main one and I could talk about how likes to get everything that's wrong with um, with football for, for a long time. I don't. Want <laughs> to that. So they're, they're kind of the face of, of the issue, but because they've come onto the scene, I guess the likes of um, Wolfsburg and Leverkusen have kind of gone under the radar a little bit. You know, they they are exceptions to the rule as well because um, Bayer and Volkswagen um, have owned them for so long that they can now invest money. Um, Hoffenheim probably not under the radar because of what's happened or what happens you know just before um the pandemic where you know there was all those protests as well and um you know they stopped the, the hoffenheim buying game um players stopped playing um and that kind of thing so you know it's like that's that's the beauty of the german football really is that it's even if it's not that competitive it's um it's it's not just about that. And it was a shame really that so much interest came into the Bundesliga when there were no fans there. Because I think had it had that interest have come um when the fans were there, I think a lot of people would have never left, if you know what I mean. Um they would have had that same love for the Bundesliga that they perhaps have in the Premier League. Um Premier League can learn a lot from
0: the
2: way the clubs um, and the fans are, have voice in, in the Bundesliga, certainly. Mm. So you, you spoke about what um, the Premier League fans can learn from uh, Bundesliga in general. And, you know, the way City are going at the moment where everyone's getting steamrolled left, right and centre. Uh, and Glatienbeck actually struggled the other day to, to really enter City's half, um, let alone have an effort. Uh, Bayern as well, looking really, really good as well. And I think that would be everyone's ideal Champions League final in terms of well from the English side and the German side so the question I kind of have is who do you think will win Bundesliga and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say but more to who do you think will actually win the Champions League do you reckon Bayern will topple it again or will City or whoever maybe Juventus or someone else topple them?
1: Um, Yeah I think the Bundesliga is an easy one to answer. Um, Bayern will win it again. Uh, Yeah I don't. I don't think it will be that straightforward again to, uh, this year, to be honest, because um, like said, there's only two points in it really, and Bayern aren't looking amazing. That's the thing this year that they're not. They've not been um, able to, certainly like more recent weeks or months, they've not been able to brush teams aside as they were in the start of the season when they were scoring a lot of goals. Um, in terms of the Champions League. Buying, they are the holders. They've got to be in, in, in the conversation, definitely. Um, City look amazing at the moment. Um, and, you know, I guess everybody's kind of waiting for them to win it at some point, aren't they? Um, PSG will probably be there or thereabouts as well. Um so I think I think a lot of it depends on the draw as well. That, that's always a thing with like the Champions League, is that we can sit here and say who we think the best team is, but you know depends on who they play at certain times, um, and that's always a thing with a cup competition like that or knockout competition. Is that the, the draw might not favour if you if you've got you know Bayern have to go and play um, PSG and then Man City in the um, quarters and semis, then you know that's a really tough progression to the final right so mm. yeah i mean if you're looking at the best team in europe right now i think you probably have to say city of the favorites um but i would never count off or never write off Bayern because the mentality um is just yeah and, uh, liverpool liverpool call themselves the mentality monster, <laughs> um, i hate that term lot. so much yeah but um if you're talking about, I talk about teams with men, with, with the, that mentality, it's like, I wouldn't look beyond the buy-in really. Um, they, they you just can't write them off because there's just that me and Sam, Mia as well, kind of like attitude. Um, of just we have to win, have to win, have to win is so strong. Like I think perhaps it's maybe so it's almost stronger than, than some of the clubs at the kind of same level. Um, so
0: yeah, I'll definitely be in and around the conversation. I think when it comes to the final stages. Well, uh, John, thank you so much. I think that's a good, a good point to wrap up on. A good conclusion. Thank you so much for coming on um, today, um, and good luck with the uh, Bonnet Diaries. Um, We're fans, and we'll continue to be. So, um, so yeah. So enjoy your evening. I know you're out, out and about, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll catch you again another time. Cheers, mate. Cheers.